Hey, sis, have you heard about Camp Horizons? No, what's that? It's an awesome overnight summer camp that's been around for over 40 years, and they have horseback riding, archery, swimming, arts and crafts, and a lot more. Ooh, that sounds fun. Plus, they have a water slide, two ropes courses, and a farm with all sorts of cool animals. Oh, Mom! Join a diverse community of campers and staff from all over the world for kids ages 6 to 16. Register today at CampHorizonsVA.com. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Today I would like to bring you a compilation of new reports that have come into BBR Investigations over the last few months. Our first report comes from a chap who used to work for the Military of Defence here in the UK. Hi Deborah. I used to work in many of the remote areas of the UK. I would check security structures for the MOD. I would also visit locked sites, unused camps and the odd hut in the middle of nowhere. I've seen things out there that were really strange, even the odd figure, but I dismissed them as just an ignorant person who was just walking around who never spoke. I just used to think maybe he or she was on a hike and they passed me by on a dark moorland track. So 45 years later, I'm retired. And I've been lucky enough to move, so now I live in Wales. I was at a friend's home and she just brought a digger. And it was on wheels. And it works by pulling itself along with an arm in a lift-drag motion. Now in the summer of 2018, I was digging a drainage ditch, using the digger near to home. I became aware that I was being watched. And I turned around, as you do, when someone's staring at you. Maybe it's six cents. I saw a dark figure standing in the next field below an opening between a tree and a gap in the hedge. It was standing there on two legs like a human and it was black from head to foot. It jumped into the field banking that was on the right side. It looked just like a sheet of plastic that had blown away. I just got off the digger and I walked down there for a look. I saw nothing there but the hedge back at that time was riddled with barbed wire. I've cut it all out now and scrapped it since then. At an estimate, it must have been several feet between the two fields, which I would say is a five-foot banking with trees. It's all tangled laburnum and barbed wire. I had a really good look, but it had vanished. No person could do what it did. No human could do that. Since then, but still in the same year, I saw a pale figure that was peering through the bushes further across the field. What I saw ran off as I said loudly, I've seen you. I've not seen anything since then, but it unnerves me. I don't go down there at night anymore. 
I always feel like I'm being watched. An amorphous black shape. This happened just last Saturday on the 31st of July in East Sussex. It was reported by one of the BBR members, and this is report in his words. At the end of July, I had a bit of a strange experience when I was out with my partner. We went deer and animal watching in our usual area in East Sussex. I took the IR binoculars with us, and it makes it much easier to see them in dim light. We were parked up in our usual spot, and we'd been sitting there for a moment, and we heard a loud gunshot and the noise of a peed-off stag bearing in mind the hunting and culling had started. We were still sitting in the car. About 30 seconds after the gunshot and the stag noise, something blocked out what little light there was in the rearview mirror. It was as if something had moved behind the car and it was big enough to block the light. It was clearly a large but silent object. We heard no movement. It was almost like someone was walking behind the car silently. I instantly put all of the car lights on and there was nothing out there, nothing to be seen. I checked and there were no people or cars in the area either. We got out of there pretty sharpish and we parked up in the next lay-by which lies at the top of a mine shaft. And we were just sitting there chilling and talking and we had almost forgotten about what had happened. The night was very quiet and we could just slightly hear some distant music, presumably from a wedding as we'd been seen signs of one earlier. Now the atmosphere changed and we both simultaneously looked at each other as the hairs on our arms were standing up. And we both had that feeling that something was about to pounce out of the darkness at us. It was at that point my partner said she saw something move in her passenger side mirror. She ignored it at first and then looked again. And whatever she saw spooked her because she said, just drive. I asked her what she'd seen when we finally got to a spot we felt safe. She said she saw an amorphous black shape. That's how she described it. Whatever it was, it had gotten to within a few feet of us and the car. It was quite safe to say that ended what otherwise was a fun evening for us both. Now, there is a report just south of the Brecon Beacons that is very similar to the event in East Sussex. The Brecon Beacons report came to me in 2018 and it was from a gentleman who visits the area often. He'd been there day and night many times over the years. He has a regular spot where he parks and sometimes alone, sometimes with friends. One night he was with a friend and they saw some strange amorphous figures down in the farm lane. They also heard a melodious music that played all around them and around the car. One of the men stated, We were watching these figures and talking about the chattering we had just heard in the burial ground. I turned off my light and I looked in my rearview mirror as I thought I saw something dart across the window. Then the car door handle on my side of the car was yanked up really hard. We just got out of there as fast as we could. On the way home, I asked my friend if he saw anything around the car and he said he saw the window behind me get completely shadowed out. It wasn't a figure of a person, so he never said anything to me. All he said was, the whole window, kind of shadowed. Here's another report from Wales that may be the same or similar being, perhaps. 
This came from a gentleman and he said, in the early 1990s, I was a student at St. David's University in Wales. I shared a house with a very strange fellow who was into magic and did all sorts of odd things. He actually kept the curtains of his bedroom windows almost permanently closed. He lived on the ground floor of the house and his window looked out into the back garden. So the room was very dark. He was into voodoo and he fed an idol in his bedroom all manner of offerings and gifts such as sweets and so on. He also kept a painted stick or a wand inside and above the lintel of the door to his room. Very strange, but this was Lampeter, which is very strange anyway. He said he was quite serious about it though and he claimed to have seen, and this is the interesting part of the story, a predator-like creature move across from left to right across his line of vision as he performed a magical ritual in the middle of the countryside in the day. I must add that he was naked. He told me where this happened and I believed him. It was just before you crossed a small bridge overrunning a stream, a place which may be significant anyway. Much that is spiritual has some connection with water and bridges in folklore and cultures across the world. I have to agree. While water is an element, like all elements, it has a unique energy of its own. Water is also used to create energy in everyday life and in a magical or sacred way. It is the element that cleanses us. It is why many killers leave their victims behind in water as it washes away all traces of a crime. It has been used in cultures, tribes and clans since the dawn of time. Without it, we cannot live. Yet so many of us understand so little about its magical properties. If you follow the rivers of the UK, you will find many local tales of monsters or boggarts, fairies and giants, and werewolves and hairy ape men. The River Trent is a good example of this. It has strange unexplained events happening all along its course. It's one of the rivers I visited so many times with my dad as a child and as a young woman. Our next report takes place on the banks of the Trent. This came from a witness named Pete and he said, Myself and my mate Sean like fishing and we usually go on the River Trent late on at night. It's something we do whenever we can. On the 16th of June 2021, as we were walking to our pegs at around 7, 7.30pm, we heard a branch snap on the far bank and then a tree a bit further along the bank just completely collapsed. We thought it was a bit unusual, but we also thought it was probably just nature, just natural weather. We eventually reached our very overgrown pegs at about 8.30pm and we got set up for the night session. About 2am there was a commotion that sounded like it was coming from a good half mile away, back towards where we saw the tree fall earlier. Then we heard a strange barking noise of either a dog or a Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The fox wouldn't really tell you. What we heard next, and the reason I contacted you was because we were certain there was something moving very fast in our direction. It was coming through the woods on the opposite bank from our camp. We both got up with our torches and we shone them as this thing seemingly crashed through the woods. Bushes were shaking and branches snapped and something big and agile and fast crashed its way through there. As it crashed through, three or four animals scattered out of the woods and they were running towards the water. One looked like a small deer and one perhaps was a badger and maybe a fox. What we took to be a small deer actually got into the water to, I assume, evade the predator that was chasing it. Now, it is some distance across the river. So although we had powerful spotlights and we did see eye shine from three of those creatures and we could make out rough shapes, we couldn't be sure what they were but they were definitely nowhere near the size of what crashed through those bushes. I think they were running away from that. At the same time, these animals scattered. We could hear what we took to be a big animal still crashing through the woods a good 300 metres further along as it kept going. And then it seemed to stop, and there was no further noise from its direction. For all we heard it, we didn't see it. But we both confirmed it had to be big, it had to be powerful, agile, it was very fast and it had to have great night vision. I think it was a solitary animal, not hunting in a pack, I think. So from what I think, it could have been a big cat. If it was a cat, it had to be panther size. It didn't make any vocalisations either. But listening to your podcast, I'm not ruling anything out. Furthermore... We have night fished for years and we've seen all sorts of wildlife and farm animals and this was unusual, it stood out. We're both 50 years old, we're big lads who don't really spook easily. We were both on our guard for the rest of that night. Now if you follow the streams and brooks that run into the Trent, you will come to an area known as Snape Wood. And I took this report a number of years ago and the witness says, There is a place I know called Snapewood. It's part of the original Sherwood Forest, but due to the industrialisation of the Midlands, it's become a secluded woodland area. It runs for about 20 miles and it's fenced off with deer that roam throughout. It's now a nature reserve. I used to camp down there many years ago as a teenager. We would stay overnight often and you'd hear screeching noises that were not birds or any type of wildlife. Our camp was ransacked one night as we lay on our tents, zipped up, all of our food was taken. 
my friend caught sight of what he described as a huge hairy man with no clothes on. I never saw the figure at the time, but it changed my friend's life. He would often tell us over and over again about it for many years. We just jest about it to him. He used to go back on his own and just sit there for hours. Once he came back and he kept telling us that there was a family of three things living down there. The youngest thing he described as a child ape-like creature. It ran on its hind legs. We just thought he was nuts. He took us back there some 30 years later and he showed us where they could be seen from. He had to sit at the top of a disused railway line embankment but overlooked the part of the woods where an old clay pond had formed. From our vantage point, we were around half a mile away from the wood. We sat there all afternoon until we heard the same screech that we'd heard as young teenagers. Even now I'm lost for words at what we saw. As we were sitting there, this huge chestnut-coloured hairy man-thing emerged from the clearing towards the pond and I watched it with two of my friends as it was bathing itself for over half an hour. We were just lost for words. The only thing my mate said was, I told you, I told you. He still goes to the woods in winter time and he leaves food out for them, so they must still be there. He told us he's seen the branches that you show in your videos. He says they are waypoint markers and when one of them passes by, they will turn it towards the direction they walk towards so the others know which way they've gone. I came across your channel by accident, Deb, and I was stunned when I started watching it. Even now at my age, I'm over 50, I find it hard to believe. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I would never have believed they exist. And I can categorically state that they are real and they do exist. To be honest, myself and our other friends ragged my mate for over 35 years about this. It's just not something I would have believed prior to seeing them. My friend was always adamant from the beginning as to what he witnessed all those years ago when we were teenagers. He never let it go. He would often sporadically call in to see me in passing as my house now is adjacent to the woods and he'd tell me that he'd been back there leaving food. I cannot tell you how many times I've rolled my eyes and laughed at him but after seeing it for myself the whole saga was pretty emotional. There was an old wives' tale that circulated around the estate back then. They told kids who stayed out longer than they should have that if you went into the woods at night, you'd never be seen again. I'm not sure if it was related or if other people had seen them, but it all adds to the mystery. Now, there are people, he said, that frequent Snakewood with cameras and clipboards at certain intervals throughout the year but I'm not sure if that's related or if it's because it's a nature reserve. The canopy of the trees is extremely dense and even on the brightest of days, it looks dark in there. All I can tell you is that I know when I saw that day on the railway embankment and even now, it blows my mind just thinking about it. Now, we all have pets and we tend to give them nicknames. They have their official name, you know, that you gave them when you got them as a puppy. And then as you get to know them and you get used to the personality, we usually come up with a nickname. Now in our house, Roy is called Scooby Dump because he's very clumsy. But our next report contains a little dog known to his owner as Werewolf.
witness report. And this gentleman's name is Adam Halford. And I would like to thank him for allowing me to name him and share his report. And he said, hi, Deborah, how are you? Myself and a mate at work really enjoy your YouTube videos and podcasts and the great work that you do. And I've decided to share my story with you in the hopes that you can share it with your listeners. I'm the last of the play outside with your mates all day generation. And that was quite normal for all of us before mobile phones and the internet took over. He says, I lived in a mining village as a child. So I was used to playing outdoors in farmers fields, etc. Growing up, you become used to the wildlife in the area. In my early teens, I did some weekend security work on a night shift looking after a range of different units on a big industrial estate near to where I used to live. Where I live now is only a few miles away from where I grew up and it's another mining village in Leicestershire. In this house, I have a spook and he lives on the landing and he kind of shows himself as a shadow figure. I'm an early riser and so is my little dog and his nickname is Werewolf. And I'm normally up and out at the house with Werewolf most mornings by 5am. Even in dark winter months, we still go around the fields and into the woods during our walks. I know the area very well and so does the dog. I'd like to give you a little bit of a background information about myself. I'm not scared easily. I'm used to all the sights and sounds of the great outdoors. I've explored most of the woodland and greenbelt land in my local area. I've gone for one of my walks near the allotments on Loughborough Road. It was a lovely day out and there was plenty of sunshine and you could hear the birds singing. I walked for a couple of miles down different paths and through the woodland. And I found a small crop of woods I'd never seen before, which was strange as I'd walked that way a lot. It's not far from where they were decorating a pine tree in the woods at Christmas, something that the locals do. And the trees were very close together. I couldn't see through the woods. And as I continued on, I realised just how quiet it was. It was too quiet. I kept going and slowly I was hit with a feeling of dread. It felt like I should not have been there. I shrugged it off and I carried on. But that overwhelming feeling of fear, dread, fear, dread just continued. I don't have words powerful enough to explain how bad those feelings were. Take your worst fear and then multiply it by thousands. I got the clear feeling something didn't want me there in the woods. With the thick tree cover and how close the tall trees were, Anything could have been in there. Anything could have been near to me and I wouldn't have seen it. I must have been about 30 yards or less from the edge of the wood. And every time I took a step forwards, the more the feeling of fear and dread would get worse. I had a really strong feeling that something bad was going to happen. I was too scared to go any further forward. So I turned and I ran back as fast as I could through the woods, the way I'd come. I got out of that wood as fast as I could and I felt an instant relief as if it was over. I felt like whatever was in there was no longer there. It was such a strange sensation. I can't really explain it. I didn't hang about and I made my way down to the nearest main path that I could find in the woods and I kept walking and I kept glancing over my shoulder as I went. And then I saw a squirrel run across the path ahead of me. And I realised I was slowly processing what had happened, collecting my thoughts in my head. 
I realised I couldn't remember the last time I'd heard or seen signs of wildlife. It must have been a good 40 minutes in all. That made me feel worse. How could I have not realised that until I saw the squirrel? I don't know. I can't explain it. I walked a long way home around the wood that day. I haven't told many people about this step. How do you explain that you got over three quarters of the way through the woodland and then you ran home scared after hearing nothing at all, seeing nothing, just experiencing a horrible, overwhelming feeling of fear and hatred towards you? I honestly believe if I'd gone any further through the woods, something really bad would have happened to me. As you know, Deb, this is not the only strange experience I've had. When I'm out with the dog, there are times when the dog acts weird, as if scared or nervous. I'm sure there's something in the woods around there. I've never seen it, but I've heard it, and I sort of know it's been there, but I couldn't see it. I feel it around some nights in the field at the back of our house where I walk the dog. The odd night, it's too quiet out there, and there are no birds or any animal noises, and you could hear a pin drop. The dog just goes mad some nights and starts barking at the woods and it won't walk past a certain point. The dog stays about 15, 20 feet in front of me and only stops running to turn and bark like mad at me all the way home or until we get back to the gate. This has happened three or four times now. I walk the dog around there most days and we used to have no trouble whatsoever. Close by to this area, there's uh, another area that has um, a priory on it, which is generally tells you that there's some old ancient ground there. And along the small one-way country lane, two ladies saw a creature that they will never forget. And they were also going on a dog walk. This happened in February 2013. And the witness name was Emma Adam. And Emma didn't mind me naming her. She was happy for me to do that. And she said... I want to report something that happened to me and my sister a few years ago now. Um, we still do not know to this day what the figure was that we saw. I don't have a name for it and nothing on Google is matching up with it. Someone said to me it was probably just a red deer as they will stand on two feet. But this was no deer. That night we were driving along Limby Hall Lane in Swannington, which is in Leicestershire. The lane is just past the Grace Drew Priory area and we decided on this route as it was new for us. We wanted to walk the dog somewhere different for a change. We were out in the lane and it was getting darkish, but there was still plenty of light to walk the dogs. I would say it was roughly around February, probably about 10, 11pm. My sister was a driver, I was a passenger and our dogs were in the back. As we went down the lane, a man came out from the field with three dogs and he crossed the road into the woods to the side of us. Didn't think anything of it. We stopped the car to let him pass as it's a single road and you can't turn your car around until you reach one of the pullings. After the man passed us, we went a few pullings along the road, but it still it wasn't wide enough to turn the car. So we decided to just keep going until we could turn around safely and just head back. We carried along Limby Hall for some time and then in the distance and in the light of the car headlights we could see something was walking across the road and it was walking strangely. It was very tall, I'd say at least seven to eight feet tall and it looked injured or sickly as it walked across the road kind of slowly with a limp and an arch back. 
It was very wide and all black in colour. And as the headlights didn't reach it properly, we couldn't get a really good look at the face. I said to my sister, stop the car, what is that thing? And she said, I have no idea. And she pressed a horn and to our horror, this thing stopped in the middle of the road and it turned and it stared at the car. I told my sister to put the main beam on. And as she did this, we were still not close enough to light it all up. The only thing that it did light up was its eyes. And it was reflecting not just two eyes, but many eyes. This thing had multiple reflective eyes. And it just stood there in the road for ages, looking at the car. And then it walked with what I believe to be a limp into the woods in the field. And it was gone. At this point, we were both bricking it. We pressed the central locking as we couldn't turn the car around and we had to go forwards towards where this thing had stood. And as we went past the point where it went into the woods, the road was pitch black and my sister floored it. Now, when I tell people this, they don't believe me and I don't suppose they will until it happens to them. We Google to try and find out what this creature was, but we couldn't find anything that matched it. What has multiple eyes? I wondered, just a personal thought, um, she said it was walking funny and it was crouched. I wondered if it was carrying young um, and that would give the reason for the multiple eye shine. It's just a theory of mine. Um, but that, you know, is that possible? Emma got back in touch with me on the 30th of August 2016 and she said, my sister and three friends are going back to Limby Hall Lane at night to investigate the earlier sighting. While chatting with my friend, we realised that her uncle had seen the same thing as me and my sister witnessed in the road that night. This time, it was walking along the grass verge. It was at night and it was alongside the road. This chap's account is almost exactly the same as mine, Deb, in exactly the same area and stretch of road. It was just opposite the Gracedew Priory and he also saw a crouched, dark figure with no face that could be seen as if he was so hunched over. It had an arched back and he said it was coming towards him, almost heading for his car. This was at the junction opposite the ruins. He turned left and he sped off quickly towards Loughborough and now he will never drive past that area again. I know Emma put lots and lots of research into this account and she's been doing that for way before she contacted me and I've known her for a number of years. And she did find out there's actually a tunnel under the Priory that comes out uh, in the town centre. And she's asked so many locals trying to work out what this thing is that she saw. And she's always looking for people who are prepared to go out and investigate who live in that area. Uh, like me, it had a lasting effect on her. So now we head to the northwest of England and a woodland that's not too far from where I live. Its teeth were pearly white and its hair was the same colour as my beard. And this is from a chap, this witness states, my sighting happened on the 1st of September 2018. I remember the date clearly because I'd just come back off holiday that day and I had so much to do when I got back. I had to unpack, tend to all my animals and sadly one of my pet chickens had passed away whilst I'd been away. So my last job of the day was to head up to my local woodland where I do all my bushcraft stuff and bury her. By the time I got back home, it was about 730 
And I wouldn't when I go links into a country park via the green corridors, and they all lead back to the main roads. So I slipped into one of them through a farm field. I entered this little sliver of trees, and initially the path goes up an incline before it levels out, and the stream runs adjacent to it. But the stream's hidden unless you actually push the thicket to find it. So I'm rambling on, not tearing the world, and please bear in mind, it's a path that I've walked many times since being a teenager. Anything odd here would stick out to me. As the path levelled out, I casually turned, and about 50 feet off to my left, there was a great big wall of rhododendrons, and it kind of broke into a U-shape. In the groove of that U, there was this odd shape that stuck out, because it was the same colour as my beard. So I'm peering and I'm squinting my eyes and at this point the shape starts moving slowly. And what I then realised was, it's a right arm and it moved upwards and it reached forward to a tree trunk. In one swift motion, it almost twirled around and slid behind the tree. With my background in animals, I'm used to how a large mammal moves and this moved quicker and more smoothly than anything I've ever seen in my life. At this point, my mouth's on the floor, as you can imagine. It peered out from behind the tree. And I don't remember the eyes as such because of the failing light. But it looked like its mouth was agape because its teeth were pearly white. And the exposed skin on its head was like a battered leather jacket. After that, I had enough and I darted. I'm a heavy smoker and I ran home without stopping once. It freaked me out. I live with my dad and he's somewhat open to this topic and he always tells people who ask that I was as white as a ghost when I got home that evening. All this talk of the UK wild man barely cracking seven foot is wrong. What I saw was easily eight, eight and a half feet tall. It was huge. He went on to say, my theory is that he was laying low until dark and that he'd head off to wherever he wanted to. I suppose because where I live, it's right on the border of the valley. And from there, you can go to anyone, really, in any direction. I've been back many times, as they're my stomping grounds. I don't have the nerve to go at night anymore. And I've been wild camping a few times with a friend, but I'm still not quite brave enough to go back to wild camping on my own. Now, in a woodland, a short walk away, there's this local tale of the haunted wood. Crow wood has a host of weird reports. People report hearing the sounds of heavy footsteps running within the trees and bushes, even when no one is immediately visible. The trees are also said to dramatically change appearance at times, past a block with down trees, and people report becoming lost or disorientated. Now, our next report comes from not too far away, and it's in the Huddersfield area. And it was a hairless, huge green entity, and it happened this June 2021. And I was contacted through our BBR Facebook group by a gentleman who asked, has there ever been a report you have taken where the figure that was spotted was hairless and huge? Because what I saw was as wide as two and a half big blokes. It had this weird tinge to its skin. that was very light green. He went on to add, I was on the way back from doing pest control and a lot of weird stuff happens to me normally where I do that on a regular basis. But this night was even weirder. I was walking home and I entered a built-up area where an old mill used to be. And as I'm walking through there, something kept whistling at me through its teeth and I saw some movement in the trees. For a second, I was attempted to go in there, but it was about two in the morning 
so I just thought better of it. This was before I saw part of it. It was near to me when I saw it, but I only saw its back as it moved off. It was at least the size of the Incredible Hulk, but the colour was a lighter green. I sped up my walk. I didn't run. That's the worst thing to do, is show fear. But I was very unnerved. I'd been attacked by green beans a few times at home when I lived with my folks. They were green entities. It was only twice that I actually saw them with my eyes. They were glowing green. And although they were not as big in their body or as tall as the one I saw that night walking past the mill, these were more the size of a tall man, but like a funny-shaped head. They're nothing like what I saw on the way home. This happened about six to eight weeks ago now. Now, I had a look for other reports that mentioned this green tinge to the skin. And I remember one from America, and I'm sure it was in Tree People's book, and they were called the Green Tree People. And it was this uh, young girl um, who witnessed them. She said that when they were in the trees, they were almost the same colour as them, so you couldn't see them. It was when they moved and came down onto the ground that she saw them. And she told her parents about it a number of times, and obviously her parents didn't listen, until one day her mother saw it too. And she realised that once you got your eye in and you could see them, they were in every tree on, on, you know, on the property. Um, and they just call them the tree people. Now, the Rushkinton horror happened in the UK, and it's on uh, the AE15, and it has a number of very strange reports that are made by drivers who use that road. From 1998, many apparitions have been seen along the AE15. One person describes seeing a face that suddenly appear from around the front pillar of his car's windscreen on the driver's side, with its left hand up, and he said he had dark hair, it had olive green skin and a pitied face. And he somehow carried on driving what with whatever it was in place for 40 to 50 seconds. Other drivers have also reported seeing a white shape that turns into a man who has his arm raised as if to warn drivers about something. After he's been seen, he fades away into a mist. One person was driving along the road when they thought they saw someone run in front of their vehicle. The driver was absolutely certain that they had accidentally killed someone. But after stopping the car, they found there was no one there to be seen. And of course, we could not talk about green-skinned beings without talking about the children of the Woolpit. Now, the green children of the Woolpit is an ancient account, dates back to the 12th century, which tells of two children that appeared on the edge of a field in the village of Woolpit in England, and they were found by reapers working the fields at harvest time near some ditches that had been evacuated to trap wolves at St Mary's of the Wolf Pits. And that was bastardised and made into a wool pit. Their skin on the children was tinged with green. Their clothes were made from unfamiliar materials. And their speech was unintelligible to the reapers. They were taken to the village when they were eventually accepted into the home of a local landowner. The girl and the boy had green-hued skin and they spoke an unknown language. The children would not eat any food presented to them, but they appeared to be starving. Eventually, the villagers brought round recently harvested beans, which the children devoured. They survived only on beans for many months until they acquired the taste for bread. Eventually, the children, inevitably, you would think, became sick and the boy passed away. 
But the girl recovered and over the years came to learn the local English. Now she was able to tell the story of their origins. The girl explained that they came from a place called St Martin's Land, which existed in an atmosphere of permanent twilight and where the people lived underground. The young girl eventually married a man from King's Lynn in the neighbouring county of Norfolk and according to some accounts she took the name Agnes Barr and the man she married was an ambassador of Henry II, although his details have not been verified. When asked, the girl would explain that she and her brother came from the land of St Martin, where all the inhabitants were green like them. She described another luminous land that could be seen across a river, and she and her brother were looking after their father's flock when they became upon a cave. They entered the cave, they wandered through the darkness, and for a long time, until they came out on the other side, entering into bright, bright, bright sunlight, which they found startling, they'd never seen before. And it was then that they were found by the reapers. And this reminds me of the tale of children who would disappear below the magical mountain of Shalyan and Pitlochra. The children were said to be found a number of days later, many miles away at Lochranic. So thank you everyone for joining me. I hope you enjoyed tonight's accounts and I will be back with some more next week. Good night, everyone. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.